Welcome to the Head Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everybody, to the Head Project Podcast. My name is Sean McKinnon. I'm your host. And today's guest is Jason Moynihan, Western New York musician, We Feel graduate, Berkeley graduate, and played with Buddy Guy's band. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hey, thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How you been? All right? Fantastic. And I want to say thank you, first and foremost, for playing for the Hat Project music series. That's, that was awesome. Oh, always. All right, Jason, uh, let's get into it a little bit. Um, let's start off a little bit with your past here. So you're from Western New York area. You and I went to high school together. Oh, yeah. Niagara Wheatfield. <laughs> Niagara Wheatfield. County, New Fuck. York. <laughs> Amazing, right? Let's touch on that for just a second. You did say you got some good musical training back there like with their theory and stuff. So go ahead and explain for that. I had some of the best, uh, our high school here at Niagara Wheatfield at the time had some of the greatest Western New York. I mean, out of all of Erie County and all around here, uh, some of the best educators from the 60s and 70s of all the great players from those days. Actually, the guy who was heading up the whole music department here at Niagara Wheatfield uh, back in the mid-60s used to be the band leader at Melody Fair. And actually all the lead players, like the lead trumpet player, the lead sax player, they were all the other teachers in our district. Wow. And these guys like were the guys who would like be the backing band for the mm-hmm. greats. You know, like uh you know, before cats like Ray Charles used to bring their own bands with them. For years they would just show up with a, like a keyboard player or a Gee, or a band or a director and it had charts. And whoever it was that came into town, you know, you had to play the, the director would come in with like half wow. the band and, you know, they'd yeah. hire all the horns. And these guys work with everybody. Gee whiz. And That's I didn't know this until after, mm-hmm. after we graduated high school. Wow. You know, how, how incredible, you know, how important these guys were to the whole scene in Western New York, you know. And um, now knowing that I had them as my teachers, I mean, Jeez. this was kind of like their second gig was being a teacher. Wow. <laughs> you know, they were all performers before they yeah. became educators yeah. and uh, got into education. You know, obviously, like every other musician, hey, we're kind of done playing on the road. We want to have a family, you know, and settle yeah. down. So they all became educators. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really a luck of the draw that I got some of the greatest people in the area, you know, from Jack Bliss, Ron Parnola, uh, John Whitmer. Oh, yeah. All these, all these guys were all great players, you know. It's fantastic. Real stuff. old school, you know, real old school type guys, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, practice was about uh, consistency. You know, little it's the little things, you know. It's the dotting the I's and crossing the T's, you know, every day. <laughs> that's going to get you to be the player you really want to be. You mean they didn't and, set you uh, up with a YouTube video? and? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I really wish we had all that great YouTube stuff when we were kids. I can't yeah, imagine right. the kind of player I would have been today if I had YouTube, <laughs> man. Holy cow, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But at the same time, I'm the player I am because I didn't. So, exactly. I, you know, hey, it's uh, each into their own. It's and, your testimony. Uh, this great stuff that we use today to communicate how we are even now is just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, technology is just wonderful. At the same time, it you know, it's got its drawbacks, you know. Of course. It's a yin-yang thing. Yeah, of quid pro quo. You have to be careful with it, you know. You can exactly. enjoy it, but it's like anything. Everything needs moderation. Now you're saying that the Wefield um, set you the Wefield education system set you up really well for Berkeley. Yes, to go to college. Yeah, I had met an, an instructor 
from Berkeley College of Music, actually in our area on one of our all counties when we were in 10th grade. I okay. made the uh, first chair at Jazz Ensemble in 10th grade, you know, and uh, this guy was the director for it. And he was like a, the guest adjudicator uh, from one of the major colleges, you know, and that's wow. I met him and he kind of... Uh, persuaded me to look into Berkeley because, you know, my family really wasn't well off and uh, Berkeley is a very expensive institution, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, he was like, well, you know, for, for guys that play like you do, you know, there's a lot of grants. There's a lot of, you know, you should search into things and, you know, uh, there's opportunities when you come here to pass out of courses, you know, pass out of studies that other, other guys and gals might have to go and that was just how it is, you know. Yeah. This guy's name was uh, Brian Lewis. He's a great trumpet player. Brian Lewis. He was a, yeah, a, okay. a great, he was a teacher up there, but he also had his own funk big band. Oh, nice. That's all they did was wow. funk music. <laughs> it was a big band. I love it. You know? And it was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, these guys were some of the best of, in Boston, you know. I wow. Mean, you know, here I was living on top of the world, one of the best in the state going up to school and you get up there and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like every level in sports, you know, everyone just yeah. gets better and better as you go along, you know. And uh, yeah, that was what a, what a great time up there. I got to meet some of my greatest heroes up there, you know, and uh, he turned me on to some of the greatest music and recordings ever, you know, that were like stuff. You had to have been there in the 60s to have it. <laughs> he would come and bring in these crazy reel-to-reels that he had saved. And he would bring, wow. he would bring in his old machines from home. Yeah. And he would clean them with Q-tips in the room right in front of you. <laughs> and then he'd put them in and we'd listen to them. And it would be like awesome. Old Bird and, and Coltrane. And you'd be like, yep. where did you get this? Oh, this was when I was a kid, you know. <laughs> you know I was like, oh, wow, man. You know, Billy Pierce was that guy's name. Now, you were at Berkeley for, what, about a year and a half or so, right? Yep, yep. I did the two-year program, which is what they called a diploma program there. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to take the gen ed courses because, nice. obviously, I didn't want to pay same prices for gen ed courses, place like that, you know, when I could take them <laughs> at a local area, you know. And uh, so, yeah, and then coming right back from there, uh, from college, you know, after two years, I was... Uh, feeling like I was on top and ready to conquer the music business. <laughs> and then you, you were telling me earlier that something about your father's business or father's, whatever he was working in the industry he was working in took you guys to Chicago, right? It did by chance. I was mm -hmm. looking to go to Chicago. I had a couple of options, obviously being up in Boston, going to school there. I had a bunch of friends still left up there where I could kind of start working. Uh, one of the other, obviously one of the greatest cities, uh, you know, on the planet mm -hmm. is New York city, you know, the great right. NYC, you know? So I had an option to go there and, uh, I had a lot of friends that were like, well, you know, New York city, I mean, there's, there's all the greatest players and the greatest opportunities, but, uh, it's hard to make money. Right. You know, and I was like, well, you know, I have a couple of friends in Chicago that say there's so many gigs to play that you need four of you. Really? And I was like, well, I got to go to Chicago. <laughs> and I don't know uh, if uh, any of our listeners or yourself remember, but uh, was coming around at that time, like the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Oh, yeah. And Setzer and all oh, that I love stuff. Setzer. You know? I love Setzer. And all those. And at that time, mm -hmm. at that time, you know, everybody wanted horns. Everyone wanted three saxophones, yes. two trumpets. They wanted like a mini big band for all the dancers, you know? Right. So I think there was a time in Chicago from about 93 to maybe like 2001 where like every saxophone in the city, 
like knew each other, not only was friendly, but knew each other and would give each other so many gigs to each other because we would all be covering for each other. Wow. You know, Tony, can you cover for me for Tuesday? Oh, no, no, I'm playing on that gig. Oh, you're on that? Oh, no. Yeah, it was, uh, (laughs) yeah, what a time. And uh, being in Chicago at that time, I don't know if any of you listeners have been watching, but the great Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, has been out. That has been great. great. I was there in the Chicago Mm. area for the second three championships. Wow. I never really was a big basketball fan growing up in Buffalo, New York. You know, we didn't have basketball. But after I got to Chicago, I became a big Chicago Cubs and Chicago Bulls Bulls fan. fan. (laughs) Did you go to any of the games then? Did you check out any live games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to go to the old stadium. Oh, wow. Cool. The old stadium was was just across the street from the new one. Right, right. It was was where the real stuff. It was kind of like the the old Yankee stadium, you know, yeah, there's a new Yankee stadium, but it's not the same, you know, not, not for us traditionalists, right, Sean? There you go. That's true. Right. <laughs> Explain to me, how did the uh, buddy guy thing come about? Like, I know we were playing in the um, club first for in the house band. How'd that come about? Oh yeah. Well, you know, after moving to Chicago in the early nineties, mm-hmm. I met a, a, a cast of characters that are still friends of mine now. And uh, we talk to each other now probably more than we have then now. And it's more important <laughs> now. I would Deeper. But uh, these guys, we started a band uh, that coincidentally was called The Buzz. Okay. And it was uh, basically because of when we used to play at Buddy Guys Legends, the amps in the place would always buzz because of the lights <laughs> and the power grid underneath <laughs> the place. No one could get, make pickups good enough to play quietly in the club. So, And we met all at an open mic jam okay at their at their famous open mic which is actually run on monday nights in chicago Mm -hmm. so every monday night you know some of the best players in chicago whether it's you know guys that are actually you know playing around town and even you know you know around the world you know there's there's people that'll be there in chicago from italy or portugal or something and then they'll come in and be like yeah we love buddy guy we came down can we jam you know everyone knows this huge jam night and uh we all met at this jam night and that's when where we formed the band at and uh we played for eight years together came out with count uh, probably four or five albums and bought band vans and had investors and we did the whole thing and uh Myself and the guitar player in our band, we got to the point to where we were running now the jam session years later at wow. Buddy Guys. Like, wow. You know, to, so to, it was a complete full circle to go mm-hmm. from, you know, meeting each other there years earlier. That's cool. To now we got to the point to where they were giving us this, you know, prestigious gig. And then a couple of years later, myself and the guitar player got asked by Buddy, you know, do you want to go on tour with me? <laughs> You know, well, it's kind of like, you know, when Buddy Guy sits right next to you, it knows your name and is like, <laughs> hey, man, I understand you'd like to go out on the road. Oh, Would you like to go to go out on the road with me? I was kind of <laughs> like, I didn't know someone like that actually asked you. you know? right. I mean, here I am, like 26 years old and, a, <laughs> you know, a blues legend, you know, right. that was in Muddy Waters Band and all these great guys, you know. <laughs> and uh, he, he's asking me, do I want to go on the road? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Let me yeah. check my schedule. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of said they're kind of stunned. Piece. And he did look at me. He looked at me and he goes, uh, is that a yes or a no, Jason? You know, I'm like, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Of course I do, buddy. I mean, why would I not want to? You yeah. know? And he's yeah. like, all right. Well, uh, we got rehearsal tomorrow, and the manager will do all the business details with you. Just come tomorrow. See you then. 
all right. Like, um, all right. I guess I'm going to go <laughs> home now. And uh, I don't know how I'm going to tell my parents and I'm going to be leaving for, you know, France for six weeks, you know, and another three weeks, but you know, it's, it's going to be a different thing. <laughs> did your parents know who Buddy Guy was? <laughs> they probably did. You know, to be honest, you know, <laughs> when I came, that's a funny story that you say. Oh, actually, no. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> even, even myself, you know, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I grew up a jazz aficionado, you know, right. I was a little jazz nerd, you know, is what sure. we called it in music, you know. Mm-hmm. So coming from Berkeley and being a jazz nerd, here I get to Chicago and I didn't know a hill of beans about blues. To me, oh. blues was oh no, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Right. Eric Clapton. Uh, and Eric Clapton. That was the blues <laughs> to me, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm here to tell you, man, I would not say, if someone asks you what blues is and you go and you're in Chicago, right. I would not answer with Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> Or Eric Clapton is all I'm saying. You know, it's kind of like the wrong place to kind of say that, you know. When you have so many greats in a place like that, you know, you yeah. better know someone more than Stevie Ray Vaughan or Jimi <laughs> Hendrix or, you know. Well, let me put it this way. I don't think Eric Clapton, if he walked in there, would say he's the blues guy there. I don't think no. he would. Oh, no. totally not. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he would not. No. He's, he's, I've been following him for years. <laughs> Yeah, just uh, Eric Clapton, man. I mean, yeah. you know, that's a heavy cat. You know, I've been would, following him. Oh. He would say he would want to be a blues man. Right. You know? I mean, even all those years Correct. when they were playing at the same time that Bunny and those guys were and uh-huh. Green came out. I mean, you know, to them, that was blues. Right. You know, they were just rocking it up, man. That's it. You know, yep. they were rocking that stuff up, man. Let's mm-hmm. let's go. You know? When I was out in Tulsa for years, the Tulsa Sound, Eric Clapton was obsessed with cowboys and Indians, and he would come out to Tulsa, you know, the Derek and the Dominoes and blah, 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 right. right? And I was sitting there at an Eric Clapton concert in Tulsa with a friend of mine who's a bass player doing blues and stuff, and the bass player looked down at the, the two piano players he had there, uh, Eric Clapton tonight, and my bass player buddy was going, hey, I've been in that piano player's house. He, he used to he used to be Bonnie Raitt's husband or something, and I've recorded with him here in Tulsa. And he was sitting there on stage with Clapton. So I know Clapton's that kind of guy. Like he he'll pull from wherever he needs to pull from. And I was I'm I'm a big Doyle Bram Hall II fan. Oh so, yeah, oh, me geez. too. Oh, I oh, love yeah. Doyle. Archangels. I saw that cat. Oh, Archangels. Yeah. Oh man. He came out career. with that first solo album, man. Yes. Uh, oh, saw, man. Smokestack? Started, was it Smokestack? I was actually on the road with Buddy when he uh-huh. came out with that. Was it Smokestack? Yeah. Was that the name of it? Yeah. Was it Greenlight or something? Yeah, and all that? yeah, yeah that green was. Light girl. Yeah, Greenlight. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I used to see him live. He'd come to Tulsa. He would play the Blues Fest. He'd play the Blues Fest, and he came with Archangels, Charlie Sexton. And all oh, them guys, yeah. and I watched oh, them live. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah." But, <laughs> anyways, we'll get back to you now. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So you were out in touring with Buddy Guy, right? And yeah, so, what type you're of places? With Buddy, yeah. yeah how'd that go? Touring with Buddy, like you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. all these guys, like Doyle Bramall, uh, Clapton. Right. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough, obviously, when I was playing with Buddy, that uh, you know, I mean, he's a kind of like a national treasure to these guys, to all oh, yeah. these old rockers and guys that are coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, for instance, one of his really good friends is Carlos Santana. Oh, geez, yeah. You know, I mean, those guys have been buds, I mean, <laughs> since probably the late 50s, early 60s. And, um, you know, it's kind of uh, surreal because I'll never forget the first time I met Santana was actually mm-hmm. already on stage playing, you know. All of a sudden, Santana comes out in the middle of the set, and, you know, here we are, you know, jamming with Santana, you know, it's like, okay, you know, this is going to be weird to tell mom, you know, you're never going to believe who I played with tonight, you know. Just this uh, little guy. (laughs) 
But one of the craziest things I think uh, this kind of goes into another question I think we had been discussing earlier, you know, mm-hmm. was um he was one of the most kindest gentlemen I've ever met in the entire world. I mean, this guy, you know, very, um, you know, he's not like a star, star, some diva, hey, man, go get my cigar or, you know, whatever. He was, uh, we got done and he wanted to meet us, you know, he wanted wow. to meet the guys that he was just jamming with, you know, oh, hey, yeah. hey, guys, hey, guys, That's cool. you know, mm-hmm. hey, I'm Carlos. Like, uh, yeah 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 we know carlos santana uh, what's your last yeah. name uh, you know you had that album a couple years ago supernatural that came out with like every star in the rob business. thomas yeah. and you're the I guy wait a minute. Of those guys. aren't you yeah. the guy that played with neil sean when neil sean used to have an afro yeah so i mean you know when you got a guy like that coming to you it's, it's very surreal in your own mind because oh, yeah. you know we all perceive these guys and we all i mean even as being someone playing with a lot of these guys all the time Mm-hmm. It's hard to not put some of these guys and make them the stars of what they are in your mind. But, sure. you know, when you really do meet them, you're like, man, this guy's really cool. You know, he's just a dude, man. He puts on his pants like us. He uses the bathroom like us. Yep. He doesn't drink golden milk. Exactly. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, you know, crap music awards, you know. <laughs> no, he works hard, you know. Right. I mean, he's a hard worker, you know. He's still got to go home and cut the lawn, you know. So, you know, a lot of people think when you get with these people, oh, you know, Mr. Santana, and they all just want to, like, bow down, you know. I mean, dude, if you just start talking to the guy, you know. <laughs> hey, man, did you see the next game yesterday? <laughs> you know, I mean, I've had conversations with some of the strangest people like that, and you're like, all of a sudden they're like hey i'd rather talk to this guy than all these people that are like oh man your music is so i remember in 1967 when you you know yeah dude they don't want to hear that would you sign my shirt talk to him you know would you sign my shirt (laughs) right and that was one of the greatest things that buddy taught me you know you know was just being you know uh you know we're all we're all just people right these people might be stars and have awards and have million dollar homes and stuff but listen we all just you know the real connection is in people Right, correct. You know, the real connection is always in people, in communication, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. Relationships. We, we live in this, you know, fast forward world of Instagram and immediately knowing the news and immediately, you know, now there isn't always a feeling to things. What a, it, it, The fast paced world we live in is, is yeah. very crazy today. You know, there's no decisions being made. You know, there's, it, we're making decisions without feelings today. That's, I yeah. guess, what I'm really getting at. It's like we make so many decisions now without even feeling things anymore. We don't even right. notice it. Pick up the phone. Get right back to that guy. Pa 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 Right? Yeah. You know? I hear you. In the old days, you know, what? You wanted to get a hold of somebody. Well, you might have went down to their house <laughs> yeah, and I hung just, out, you know, kind of yeah. like how we are on video. But you'd go hang out, sit down. Someone would bring out some coffee or a brewski yeah. for somebody, you know, have a cocktail and talk and <laughs> All right. That's, yeah, we'll when I used to take uh, guitar lessons from Chuck DeRose, right? Uh, yeah. I got out of the yeah. army and he's he, great. I was a friend of a friend, and I used to hang out at his mom's house and take lessons in his in the basement. And we'd sit there. And I forget what the lesson was—fifteen bucks for a half hour. But I would, I think, like an hour and twenty minutes later, we'd finally finish. <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Could you drive me to go get some smokes or something?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Sure." Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, then remember. there were the weeks where I would just be at his door waiting to learn and not knowing if he was going to show up or not. And if he didn't show up because he was working or something, I was like devastated for the day because i was like man i was really wanting to learn some music today <laughs> but that's yeah, old right? yeah. kind of you know you gotta feel your way well, around that's but, definitely you know yeah. that's definitely chuck though too man he would spend that kind of time man oh. you know i mean 
the All lesson time. in some ways wasn't always just about, you know, giving you the lesson. It was also about like, hey, man, I'm going to turn this guy on to some cool stuff. And, oh, oh yeah, man, I'm going to remember all this stuff now to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I still have his notes. and I just as excited. Man, I, posted, I posted some of his notes from years ago, some of his music lessons. And, you know, it'd be like my first lesson. He's like, okay, we're going to start with Little Wing. I'm like, great, okay. <laughs> and then All he right. lists, and then he puts down like sort of like my second lesson. You need to go buy some George Benson, Earl Clue, and Robin Ford. I'm like, I'm like who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> second lesson, right? In the, right, right dunk, slam dunk. <laughs> so, yeah. so, but you know, and that's similar to the Have Project kind of thing that I've been doing lately. Um, just trying to reach people one or two at a time. Get a wheelchair for this guy, a power chair for this guy release you know some videos man just to see if it helps if it helps one person to do this music series we've been doing then to me it's been all worth it but and i know you get that because i think you'd oh, rather man. have one person that understands you than to have a mass of people that don't even get you yeah i mean i think uh, I, I think we can all probably uh say that at some point in our life, I mean, and older you get, I, I, if you haven't ever been depressed in your life, then you're probably right. not living. Right. You know? Yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of how I see it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we all go through these battles in life, you know, and uh, you know, music has always been like one of those things that I think I've always even relied on, mm -hmm. not only as a player, but you know, sometimes you, I would come at the gig as, Hey, I'm hope I'm helping somebody, but you know, right. I mean, quite honestly, there's some nights, man, it's probably, it's, it's helping me just as much, man, you know, nothing wrong so, with that. You know, that's how it is. You know, <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's, it's to me, music is the, uh, it's the real universal language, yes. you know, yeah. um, I've traveled the globe. And um, I can't talk in really many. I, I know a few bad words in Spanish and <laughs> right. maybe in Polish. But, uh, right. you know, other than that, I can't speak in other countries when I've been there. But when we can pick up instruments with each other and we can either look at the same piece of paper and start playing or just start jamming and playing, you know. I love and it. we're communicating that way. And all of a sudden, smiles come out between you two, you know. <laughs> at the same time, we stop the tune and we're all like, we can't even tell each other that was cool because we can't even say that, <laughs> you know? Up. So that's what's, yeah. I mean, it really is like, yeah, yeah. All right. Good job, dude. You know, like, wow, that was fun, man. I, you know, that, that experience, cool, but, you that know, experience yeah. right there, Jason reminds me when I was in central America stationed there, airborne infantry down yes. there. And, um, some of the missions I have, um, we're working with the SF and all that kind of stuff. I was a 60 yeah. gunner and all that stuff. And we go in and secure areas in Honduras, Nicaragua, whatever. And and I would find like, I was a 60 gunner. So I was outside the perimeter a lot of times. And, and I would find some of the kids. I was, I'm a soccer guy. So some of the kids would be kicking oh, balls yeah. around and I would just be, I would just have my assistant gunner, watch my gun and my equipment, you know, always got my back and then football. go out and just hang with some of the kids. And, and then, and yeah, football. And then, and then wake up football. Yeah. You see, 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 you made a wake up football. Ah, they start laughing, you know, but wow. when I would go back on, uh, on our leave, on our vacation in Panama, I would go find places with music and soccer and I would just get out yeah. there and I couldn't speak the language like, you know, they do, right. but I could kick the soccer ball. I, I could play, I could enjoy the music and, and you know, like it, it's cool. Cause your experience like that reminds me of a lot of the veterans experience that they connect with the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So where have you been? Travel. Now, what type of traveling oh, wow. have you been through? Like, come on, name some countries, man. Oh, man. I've been in just about every country mm -hmm. in Europe. Europe. Oh, uh, man. Obviously, uh, the UK. I've right. Scotland. Oh, I love Wales, Scotland. <laughs> uh, Ireland. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come down, you come a little south. I've been in France. I've been mm-hmm. in Portugal. I've been in uh, Spain. You've gone Germany. up to the Scandinavian areas? Did you go up to like Norway at all? Yeah, Any of those? I've been in Norway, Finland, really? Switzerland. You know, wow. Switzerland is one of the greatest places in the world. Beautiful, yeah. You, know, mm-hmm. you ever want to? You ever find me, you know, disappeared from everybody and you're like, where'd Moynihan go? Swiss you bank know, account. I would say search, you know, Lugano, Switzerland, and you may find me, you know. Because <laughs> that's funny. That's where I'll be hiding. That's you know, cool. That spot actually is very, um, uh-huh. I did a lot of touring actually in Switzerland and Finland right. and, you know, Italy there. Mm-hmm. And that whole area, this Lugano, Switzerland area, is right. all like right on the north border of mm-hmm. Italy. Right. So it's actually it's actually Swiss, but um, like most of the most of the population is very kind of like both. It's you know, right. there's a lot of Swiss and there's a lot of Italian right there. There's some German. It's a lot of great mix right in that town, and uh, some of the best food. That's awesome and experiences ever inside that place, man. That's now bad. let me ask you something about your musical creative process you had a certain training you had a background you had experience in berkeley and i'm sure you're you know you're just melding this stuff together those of you listening out there i'm using my hands right now to show them like plato but and then you get to buddy guys stuff right and then you're meeting all these people and you're pulling for you started learning guitar i think or something maybe right and all this stuff so explain to me after the buddy guy experience with in your life how did that change your process of like writing music, maybe perceiving it? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, just playing out there on that level mm-hmm. uh, changes you as a person. You know, I kind of equated to, you know, I'm a big sports guy. So, you know, kind of equated to baseball and, you know, when you're growing up in bands and playing all the time, you know, you're kind of like an A ball or, you know, semi-pro, maybe double A if you make it up to some levels. <laughs> and then, you know, when I got the call to play with Buddy, it was like going to, you know, you know, the big leagues, you know. Yeah. You know, people, you know, here we practice with white balls, you know, I mean, that type of thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, so it was like right. people carry your bags in every day. You know, I mean, we used to have to sleep on each other in a dirty van at one right. day, you know, I mean, so now being like catered to like that was very different. So mm-hmm. coming out of that, right. you know, and traveling again, you know, I mean, I I, I traveled the States before, buddy, but um, obviously he showed me the globe. And uh, yeah. after that, I mean, uh, my mind was uh, my mind was blown after playing with buddy. Right. I, I actually became very, like, weird when I came back, you know. Like, sure. I was just, I, I wouldn't talk to a lot of my friends, you know. I, like, I couldn't relate anymore to her, like, how I was and living this lifestyle that I was and coming back into my own world, you know, mm-hmm. really didn't, uh, they didn't connect again. You know, you, yeah. yeah. So I came back to Chicago after well, I was done okay. on tour. And right. I was like about, uh, I don't know, probably about 33 or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, here I am. I'd already been out on the road, you know, prime time for eight years of my life, you know, and I'm only 33. But so, yeah, I was very, I, I came back off the road very jaded. You know, I hate to say it, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I became very introverted. I had to stay away from crowds of people. I was, mm-hmm. you know. You know, very made me very sketchy. You know, which was you know bad as a musician. That's what you do. You know, is go and play for people. You know, <laughs> yeah, now okay. the last thing I wanted to do was be around people. It was very, it was very odd feeling at the time. It changed me as a person. You know, I obviously went through like what a lot of the greats went through. You know, I went some went through some heavy addiction problems. You right. know, obviously, you know that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
took a couple years of life away from me, you know, almost losing family members, you know, until I, you know, kicked my own self in my own head and was like, hey, you know, what are you doing? You know, don't waste everything you have. Why? For what? You know, and then, you know, like anybody with uh, addiction problems, you know, again, it was a, uh, you know, I was hiding from mm-hmm. any kind of reality I could, man, anything to make me feel good, you know, and uh, that's really where it was at, you know, and until I solved those problems and making my own self feel good, mm-hmm. you know, there was nothing uh, anybody could do for me, you know, it didn't matter anybody who loved me, you know, that was close with my mom, my brother, you know, and, uh, you know, my wife, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing they could do, you know, it was up to me, you know, I mean, right. I, I kind of feel that w- with anybody, but it is, um, you know, it's, I, I feel for anybody going through any kind of those challenges, you know, which is always hard, but, um, man, the one thing I always know is that there were always people for me, you know, there was always somebody or, and if there was somebody who always saw me mm-hmm. and they saw I was in rough shape, you know, you right. get to that point to where, you know, it's visible, like, Hey man, you all right? You know? And, um, you know, I just slowly was like, yes, I, I gotta, no, I'm not all right. You know, we gotta fix this, you know, and mm-hmm. I gotta fix it for myself. You know, I mean, for me now being where I'm at now, yeah, I can say what a great process of life. <laughs> <laughs> hindsight's 2020. It's real easy yeah. to go and say that. And I'm real cavalier about saying that, but sure. in all honesty, I'm not cavalier about saying that at all. Right. You know, that right. stuff gives me goosebumps on my arms. You know, now even being able to know what I really went through and, and you know, you come out the other side, you know, a different person. I, I definitely am a better person for it. Were you single? You're married? Um, what was um, that during that I was time? single. I, uh-huh. I was single when I first started getting into drugs. Yeah. Okay. And um, just, you know, what I, I was dating with me. I'm, I was always a, a very much when I was in relationships, very committed. So, right. you know, didn't I, I, had, I was dating a few girls and, and you know, lost a couple of relationships because mm-hmm. it just got out of control, you know. Sure. And uh, living the lifestyle how I was, you know, again, uh, when you get to that A level. Yeah. You know, that that major league level per se, you know, it's funny. I never knew how many people in that level were all that messed up all the time, you know, and there's a lot of people that aren't. Don't get me wrong. I mean, sure. I mean, you know, but, you know, when you start to get into that world, it was very strange. People just coming to you and giving you things. Sure. You know, I grew up, hey, man, could I get some of that? Could I have that? Hey, I got to go buy this. I got to go buy, you know. No, you right. get at that A level and people are coming out of the woodwork. Here, buddy, here, take this, take that, take Jeez. this. Hey, hey, this is good. Hey, come see me tomorrow and I'll give you four more. You know what? Hey, thanks, buddy. You know, I mean, yeah. are you my friend or, or uh, a coroner looking yeah. for a job? Exactly. Well, come on, man. You know, I mean, I think about that stuff today. Now, being, again, hindsight on the other side sure. and like, well, you know, what What were you thinking? You know, I mean, right. these guys were so evil that were around you and, and right. somehow it becomes acceptable. True. You know, I, I don't know mm-hmm. how that is, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, slowly but surely it becomes acceptable, you know, and, uh, you know, so, I mean, cracking away from that, you know, and now being able to see that. And yeah, I, I lost a couple of relationships and then I actually was clean for a good five, six years. All right. And um, that's when I got together with my wife uh, that now I've been together with since uh, 2010. Yeah, awesome. shout out like to Lisa. Wheatfield graduate. Yes, yeah. awesome. went to high yes, school with my it. wife. Yep. Graduate. You yep. guys all yeah, graduated. We all together. went to. Yeah, we all graduated together. Actually, I think they were on uh, uh, the track and field team together. Yeah, I, you know why my yeah. wife joined. My wife joined track and field because I was on it. Because <laughs> oh, that's it. even better. Yeah, that's great. So you all were on it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I was that's on it. it. I was. I was running for my life. No, I mean my wife. <laughs> Just kidding. 
<laughs> but, but anyways, so no, but you know, that's, it's so true. And I'm sure that, um, sometime along the way, it's all about support. I'm sure along the way now you probably can help other people too. Right. You probably found yeah. somebody, you probably um, helped some other you people. Know, I, I definitely have, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, what it comes down to, I mean, obviously this last time, you know, it's, it's all about support, you know, I think I was finally at the point also where I was, you know, it was the scariest moments, you know, this last, the, the last fallout that I had with everything, right. you know, yeah. which was, uh, you know, like 2013, 2014, you know, those yeah. two years, you know, I, you know, it didn't matter, you know, nothing mattered. The guys with great support around here that helped me, man, like yeah. you said, Chuck DeRose, you yeah. know, there was a whole cast of, of musician friends who, you know, saw me going down, you know, this deep path and, uh, you know, they all reached out and were like, hey, man. You know, you got to see that. See, that's another aspect of the musician world that's very similar to the veteran world. I mean, because the veterans, I always say veterans help veterans better than anybody else because of this kind of thing. Yes. It's this dynamic that, you know, you have empathy, not sympathy, because, you know, going through that stuff, sympathy just is out Uh, the door. Does you no good. Does you no good. Hi, give me a call if you ever need me. You know, it's like, and they don't mean it, you know, but to have somebody get in the trenches with you and to come alongside you and to look at the big picture and to see your gifts and your talents and to say, you're not done yet, buddy, man, you got, you're something left. And hey, man, I know, like we talk about it, like again, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. easy. Hey, man, you know, just make the right decision now. You know, I mean, (laughs) mean, if it was only that easy at that time, man, I wouldn't be sure. You wouldn't (laughs) now. I mean, I wouldn't have the. I wouldn't have these uh, like four hairs I still have left on my (laughs) head. You know, I mean, so. You know, but but now we know, Jason, the moral of the story here is that you've gone on and you've had good support and you right. still have you're good support. Right. And not only do you have good support, but I know you're also good to, you're good to the people that support you. I know you're oh, a good man. father and a good husband and good musician for the for the community out here. And I know that because I've you know done my homework before I interviewed you and I know people and I've seen you and talked to you in person and, and I know enough of the community out there that they love hanging out with Jason. So if anybody's yeah. out there listening, wants to check out. Well, I'm man, uh, I'll tell you what, man, I was, uh, you know, when you, when, when I, I, I think we met again for the first time, what, a couple years ago, right? Yeah. That mug, I think it's closed yeah. now. Is it mug and musket it, or something? Yeah. Or? It was a place yeah. up in Youngstown, New yep. York, you know, right up at the, uh, mm-hmm. see Toronto, right from, uh, the fort right there. Yep. Fort Niagara. Right by that barber shop. <laughs> but well, I remember when we talked that night, you yeah. know, and um, I didn't, I I'd always saw some of your stories online and stuff, but, uh, you know, when we reconnected, it was, uh, you know, there was a period here, like after I had gotten right also, where one of the main major thoughts through my head and some mm-hmm. of the stuff where I was working with another musician with was to go and help people, you know, with the same circumstances. Sure. You know, of, 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 you know, all creeds, all nationalities, no matter what, you know, like you said, as long as you can help one person, man, you know, and then help another and then help another. That's how it goes. Another, you know, it doesn't, yep. you know, every, every day's work, you know, don't think that, you know, you just help somebody, the job's done. Man, not, right. It just, you know, this is a lifelong, like, like any addict or anything else. It's everyday stuff that are going to get you where you really want to go. You know, I wish more people told us all that when we were kids, you know. Well, there's that thing called joy, like in, the, joy in the journey. And it's like, um, there was a book years ago. I think it's the success journey or something. I don't know. Um, and it's about Michael Jordan and how he would never stop yes. because it wasn't about the trophy. It was about the day to day. And then when he went to right. baseball, 
football, what did he end up doing? He went back to basketball because it wasn't about the trophy. And that's where the music, the musicians and the veterans, you know, the day-to-day things sometimes that we did in the, in the military stuff was amazing with my brothers, man, you know, like in helicopters and airplanes and jumping and, and then music, like the same, you guys get it. You guys get that. You understand that relational stuff that goes on. You know what I mean? And then to stick with it and then maybe things break up and then later other things build. And now you're at that point now where maybe some more things have built, but you're smarter, wiser, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, like you like you said, I mean, that was one of the things that happened was um, us getting connected was another connection. Like uh, I had already been playing a couple different mm-hmm. benefits for people uh, down in Buffalo for uh, uh, vets. And yeah. um, I had done a few things for actually some of my dad's uh, projects back out in the Chicago area for friends of his that are old vets and there's actually a buddy of mine that we all want to know if you know Dan York. Oh, yeah, Dan York. Danny York. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 of course. I've yep. always done a lot of work for Danny mm-hmm. York, actually, in Chicago. Okay. He actually was uh, used to do all the uh, funeral services, and he would do all kinds of stuff for people. Uh-huh. And I would come out and play different things for him, actually, cool. down in the Chicago area. And um, so when we connected, it mm-hmm. was really like this uh, – it was kind of like the perfect timing because like yeah. I was looking to meet some other people to kind of, Hey man, where can I kind of just, you know, <laughs> add my little two cents to this stuff, you know, <laughs> you know, and then I started seeing you were like, and, and, and man, you were great. And you started sending me all this cool stuff and materials about you guys. And I've watched it, you know, and then obviously, you know, Noah being connected and, oh, yeah. and putting down all, all the great musician friends that I know with that. And uh, me and Noah have never met each other. Oh my God. I'll tell you what, out of yeah. this whole thing, man, I, yeah. Yeah. Tell you, Noah, I know if you ever see this or listen, he buddy, will. He's, he knows we're Dude, doing that right now. You know, yeah. this cat, man, you know, we Noah. had some of the best com- small conversations so far yeah. on there where we're like, He's we're more cat. gassed to play with each other because we've never <laughs> played with each other yet or seen each other. Then that's what we need to do. Online. And Noah Moses wants to put together like a little indoor kind of thing and some venue and have a bunch of you guys come out and play and we'll, we'll help out. It'll probably be for. Some specific. We'll, we'll talk about it later date. Um, yeah, yeah. But here, I got to ask you a couple questions real quick now. Let's get into the idea of your music right now. What would you describe the music that you typically create? Yeah, this is. Uh, mm-hmm. This has always been a, a crazy one, especially for my closest family members. You know, what kind of music do you play so I can tell <laughs> my buddies and my friends? You Put know? you in a box <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'd like to say now at this point in my life, you know, uh, I, I like to play good music. <laughs> yeah, no. I love it. I'll be here for two shows. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, um, yeah. besides good music, no, uh, I would say the primarily all the music that I really enjoy and do the best is mm-hmm. primarily improvisational. Where most of the players don't really know the real direction we're going to end at. Mm-hmm. We kind of have a premise of what we're doing and we all know enough stuff and, have, <laughs> you know, from, you know, you, when you play with enough guys, you know, they kind of know each other's moves kind of like yourselves, you know, I mean, yeah. you just kind of know the motions of each other because of the uh, training of everything. And, you know, you kind of create these things and you kind of try to, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's one up in the other guy and sometimes yeah. it's more of uh sometimes it's everyone getting together and all of a sudden it creates something that, you know, you could have never possibly came up with unless all four of you were together. That's the synergy, the synergy. Right. You know, which is, uh, you know, great stuff. You know, I mean, as of recently, uh, you know, we were talking and, uh, you know, I do now do a cover band 
Yeah. You know, I'm in a cover band now also, you know, which is actually fun for the, all the dancing and all the dancers. You know, I have a, yeah. I have a blast seeing all that, sh- that show go down. The show is a show for me every night, you know, you know, playing it. nothing but, you know, old earth, wind and fire oh. and stuff like that. Oh you know? my gosh. When they opened up for Van Halen in Tulsa, it was so funny. I had people, I had friends at that show and they said something like, you may not know all of our songs, but you know this one. And they played the, like their biggest hit, like September or something. And yeah, and like yeah. and then after that came out Eddie Van Halen, I was like, that's a very kind of a strange. Kind of right. Strange. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember seeing those guys when I was a kid too. And yeah, they, good, good music. You no, know, those guys are always. Uh, all right. Now here's another question for you. Ready for this? Now, if you, I know you're a dad, and I'm a dad, oh, yeah. and we're dealing with young people all the time. I see your stories. Definitely. You see mine. I'm inundated with them. Oh, yeah. Homeschooling basically with kids home but what would you say to a young person interested in music like just like i told you earlier about chuck lining me up with robin ford you know that kind of stuff what kind of what kind of avenue would you say here's some stuff to check out on spotify whatever you know i mean what would you what would you say to listen to oh wow stuff to expand kids onto today Uh i mean man there's such a realm you know i mean now it, it you know, the beauty of today with the technology is like... They can find it. It's like having the greatest encyclopedia video book known Music. to man. You know, I mean... Yep. Yeah, I mean... All I right, would, how about this? Blues. You know, Give like me with, my blues. Own, with my own kids, you know, yeah. I've always tried to have them, you know, listen to the stuff that I listen to. You sure. know, which is always crazy blues guys. You know, I got mm-hmm. into a big guitar thing, whether it's Buddy Guy, Robert mm-hmm. Cray... You know, we were talking about Doyle Bramall, listen to him. Uh-huh. In the last probably five years, I've been uh, very into the, the great Eric Gales. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he was a phenom. You know, obviously Joe Badamaso. Yep. And then, you know, a lot of the old greats, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, Freddie King, you know. I mean, Freddie, Freddie King. King to me was, uh, you know. he was, All the kings. All the kings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freddie King. B.B. King. Baby Freddie King. King. <laughs> uh, yeah, you who was, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, cast like Luther Allison. Right. Love Luther I mean, Allison. Uh, there's a lot of great, you know, these uh, old blues guys that I've listened to. I have them in my car. And at the same time, I, I got to tell you, I just bought my first trap music. Trap uh, music. A CD the other day. Okay. Uh, it wasn't a CD. It was a download. Yeah. And, uh, I put it on my phone and it's like... Um, it's like just like real heavy beats. Doosh, 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 doosh. You know, it's like dance club. Like, you know, yeah, man. You're hanging and, out on uh, third Ave. I, I, I don't even know why, you know, why I got it. But like right. I heard a couple clips somewhere online and I was like, like, this would be fun to have in the car. Like, when you're like raging, you know, That's you know, funny. when you're mad at everybody, put this stuff in and everyone looks at you like, man, what's wrong with that guy? <laughs> now, what about jazz? Give me some jazz guys. What would you say? Jazz some guys. some jazz. Oh, man, I, a couple I horns. Jazz, okay. A couple horn, couple horn players for in, in, like a gateway, a gateway kind of jazz oh, guy. Man. You're talking For about me, Pony, Pony James. <laughs> oh yeah, right, man. All right, so you like John Coltrane? What are we talking, man? What are we talking? Well, you know, you want to come to first jazz stuff. You know, for me, yeah, it, I was turned on to. Obviously, I think for me is the the Godfather is you know like Charlie Parker. Charlie Parker. I knew you were going to say that. You know, I knew it. I mean, I that's the uh, for I me that's it. the one. You know, like Charlie early Parker. Charlie Parker. Um, okay. You know, Miles Davis stuff. You know. That was like kind of pre pre bebop, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Those guys were playing bebop before bebop was cool, 
you know, and uh, they were scaring folks. I mean, just <laughs> so they true. were, man. You know, it's they true. really were. Right. You know, like in the late forties, dude, in the mid forties, when all the big band stuff was going on, these guys started doing these small groups and doing that yeah. stuff. And man, they were like, "Why are these guys playing so many notes?" You know, it scared people at first. You know, like it was. I was laying it out there. Now, so you're saying Charlie like Charlie Parker, Parker. you know, uh, for alto players, obviously, uh-huh. and then, you know, obviously for tenor players, you know, mm-hmm. like the Godfather is obviously like Coltrane, but there's right. so many other great players, you know, like, uh, oh man, Dexter Gordon, mm, there you, you go. know, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. someone like Dexter Gordon, you know, he played, you know, with such a great, uh, a tone and he was like a, uh, he was a singer. Right. You know, he was a singer on the saxophone. He was just, it was like a vocalist, you know, he didn't have to play a lot of notes to get his point across, you know, it was just so beautiful how he played though, you know, right. and even the two notes he did play on that song, <laughs> you'd be like, wow, man, that, like it melted my heart, dude, how he played those notes, you know, I mean, right. I get so, it. yeah, I mean, there's great guys like that. And then you start getting into the sixties times, you know, you get all into the cool fusion stuff of like Herbie Hancock. Oh yeah. I like Herbie, you know, you get into the funkier stuff, you know, miles, obviously miles, you know, that's the funniest thing, right? When you have these jazz mm-hmm. conversations right. is, um, you can talk about miles of, uh, the thirties and then right. you can talk about miles of the forties and then you can talk about miles of the fifties and the sixties Go on for miles and miles and miles. That's I just want to, I just want to re- relay to people that right. that's how incredible miles was. That's okay. How, because yeah. he was relevant in every decade, no matter what music was going on. It didn't it's matter. You know, I mean, he was there, you know? All right. Now let's, let's see. Now let's take a look at a newer generation, like Gary Clark jr. Oh, and these kind of guys, oh. man. Um, so, so that, that's the kind of like, I call them the gateways, you know, John Mayer, you get into his trio and all that kind of stuff. They're like a gateway, you know, um, Gary Clark Jr. Hi, name, name somebody else, man. Give me somebody in the last 10, 15 years. What do you think? Well, you know, I mean, with, with, with guys like you named right there, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Gary Clark coming out was, uh, uh unreal. Force that guy is and the power he plays with, you know, unbelievable. You know, obviously, you know, I'm a big, like I said, I'm a big Eric Gales fan. You know, yeah. I mean, he's really, uh, he, he's went through a lot of the same battles, you know, right. like, again, it's like a weird mirroring life that we've had, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, um, you know, he's, he's actually gotten clean over like the last five, 10 years and is mm-hmm. better than he's ever been, you know, I mean, more awesome. precise, you know, it was kind of mm-hmm. like when Stevie Ray Vaughan, the last few years before he passed away, he yep. was... You know, same thing like with Clapton. When these guys finally yep. get clean and get everything right, you know, it really is some of the best and incredible stuff that anyone could ever play. So you got a young guy? You got anybody young besides Aiden? Young dudes Aiden, right now? Aiden I mean, in Lancaster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got that. But, you know, one of the big, you know, bucks right now that's mm-hmm. out there who I've had the pleasure of playing with a few times is a guy named Christone Kingfish. This dude's only, I think, what, 19 now or something. Oh, good call. I, mean, I don't think he's even drink out yet, but. He's playing to huge crowds already, man. He got discovered, you know, on uh, YouTube, you know, sitting in his house playing BB King licks. And uh, I got to tell you, there's a million people that can sit at home and play BB King licks. Right. And we can all sound close and sound good. And there's always a buddy that can always be like, man, you sound great. You sound like BB King. When you hear this kid's first stuff, uh, he got discovered on playing these licks and playing the stuff. No, no, no. This wow. wasn't like everyone else at home and, <laughs> hey, I learned how to play some blues licks. When any – he could play two notes. It wasn't about how many notes. It was how he played the notes. You saw in the video and you saw this kid doing that and you were like yeah. – 
He's got it. Wow. Is like, is like BB King in him right now? You know, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) and at the same time, I can't like that now because he's been out on the big stage has grown uh, so tremendously as a musician, as a person now. Yeah. I mean, man, he's playing stuff now that is just like, I'm like, man, stop it. Now let's delve a little bit about with your uh, veteran background, with the hat project and everything, you had a, you had a little empathy there speaking of that word earlier. So describe for us um, your family and, and how you guys relate to all that. Yeah. Well, you know, my heart actually, you know, runs very deep with that. You know, I mean, uh, all, all growing up, I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a fire pilot funny enough as it might be, you know, but I realized in seventh grade when I sucked at math and wasn't really that tall that, you know, the recruiters were like, yeah, you know, you're probably not, you know, so, you know, that dream kind of got busted pretty fast. And I was right. like, well, I am pretty good at the saxophone. So you know. <laughs> yeah, it worked out. Good. <laughs> but uh, to go back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, uh, I grew up an air force brat, you know, uh, my, my dad was in the air force and I, uh, I grew up as a little kid, man. I remember sitting out on the flight line with my dad, you know, sitting out in the truck, you know, probably, you know, he'd probably get in trouble probably still today if they found out, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Sitting out there in the truck as a little kid with my little helmet on, you know, <laughs> with my little red flashlights in the truck. Hey, oh, there you where'd go. Dad go? And I, I come out of the truck with these big earmuffs on, you know, because there's there's these two F one eleven sitting oh, there right at the end of the runway and they're just cranking that bad boy up and my dad's like, See you later, boys, you know. <laughs> That's funny. And there they go flying off and then my dad comes back and you know, I just took it as every day. Yeah. And, you know, to me it was just, you know, I grew up with that stuff <laughs> around me. So, you know, I loved it as a kid man i loved all the guys all the guys treated me like gold you know they put me in the planes and you know oh man you know i was like the golden child around the base you know that's great now where were these places you were like in england oh, or something man. well said? i grew up actually i was born you know uh-huh. as we were talking about where i grew up i grew up yeah. here in town of niagara but i was born in plattsburgh new york and uh that's where my dad was stationed at the time was up in plattsburgh new york and um uh, when I was a young man, probably about three, four years old, my my dad moved to the UK. Actually, when he was part of the uh, Strategic Air Command, they called it the SAC at the time, and um, he was uh, he was kind of ordered because he was kind of a big wig at the time and moving his way up. They ordered him to go and uh, be one of the active guys over in the UK. And we ended up moving over there uh, for a few years when I was a little kid. So when I came back from, uh, I probably came back right before grade school, about six, seven years old. And uh, I I talked like a little Brit when I came (laughs) back. Hello, mom. (laughs) My dad, you know, obviously was a huge Air Force guy. Yeah. Uh, You know, my my whole family, you know, has been in uh, almost every branch. I got uh, two Marines. Mm -hmm. Uh... My mother's, uh, funny enough, my mother's name is actually Marine. Okay. Really? Jay Weasmore originally. Yeah. And it's spelled like Marine. Wow. Um, it's, you know, and uh, for short, it's Reen, which nice. kind of actually looks like Renee, but it uh, is pronounced Reen for Marine because cool. her dad was, uh, you know, he was one of the best, man. You know? Wow. But yeah. He was a heavy dude. Uh, you know, he passed away when I was a very young man, actually, about seven or eight, not too long after we came back to the States, actually. You know, obviously, like a lot of people, you know, he had been through a lot of heavy times, you know, mm-hmm. back in uh, the Korean and World War II. And, uh, you know, it's seen some stuff that, you know, probably most of us, you know, shouldn't see. 
he he battled his problems, but I'll tell you what, that guy, I'll never forget coming to his house at Christmas time or any time we came over and you come up and grandpa had a couple little weights sitting right next to his chair. He would sit in with his cigars and he had these weights and he would just pump iron. <laughs> he would pump iron. Even, you know, in his 60s, 70s, he'd sit there and he'd pump the iron right on the end of his chair watching like Price is Right, you know. And you'd come in and grandpa, you know, if you ever knew grandpa, you know, he... Sure. He still had the flat top, man. I mean, yeah. it was still it was still go time, you know. <laughs> you know, and you'd come in, and I'd be like, "Grandpa," you know. I'd come up. He never wanted us as young men to hug him, you know. Right. Which was uh, I, I didn't learn this until now, you know. But yeah. you know, he didn't want us to hug him. He'd come up and he would stand up. He'd always stand up for you, you know. And you'd look right at each other and he'd shake your hand, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, he would grip your hand until like you were like ah, you know. And he'd be like, "Did that hurt?" gonna get tougher next time you better say yes you know i mean <laughs> yeah yes. yeah because if it didn't he was coming with more he was you know he <laughs> yeah. really was yeah and as more. you got older he gripped you hard oh, he always hurt dude always grinding hurt. grinding your knuckles you know? <laughs> yeah it didn't matter it always he made sure he inflicted oh, that God. pain you know to know right. you know this is where That's we're fun. at buddy you know <laughs> and uh man yeah he was unbelievable so you got yeah, a lot of veterans hardcore in your family. You got a lot yeah, of veterans. Yeah, uh, yeah, And then uh, I, I have four grandparents. So right. Both of my, both of my parents, uh, parents got divorced. Right. So they all remarried. So I have uh, four grandfathers. And wow. Uh, like I said, two were in the Marines. One was uh -huh. in the Army, uh -huh. and uh, one was uh, in the Air Force. He left. Uh, he was actually a Canadian citizen. He came from Canada and uh, joined the Air Force here in America. Nice. You know, now, now, American citizen, and that's how he met my grandmother was when he was in the Air Force. See, now that's what's interesting too. So he was in Canada, came over, and that's where he met her over here. He was a right? Big hockey player. Okay. Know? He was a big hockey player. He was a he was yeah. a semi pro hockey player at the time. Actually, wow. really good. Jeez. Back in those days, I mean, you know, nobody wore equipment like they have today. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. No equipment, you know, goalies didn't have helmets or anything. You know, <laughs> imagine I mean, that. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh wow. yeah, my grandfather's nose. If you if you looked at my grandfather, trust me, it's kind of like looking at a boxer. You know, <laughs> you know what they did. You know, as an occupation, he's like a you Picasso. were either a boxer or or, or a hockey player. He's you know, like a Picasso painting. He, he, yeah, he smiles, dude. And there's a couple teeth that are missing. You're like, oh, oh geez, oh. what happened there? Oh, that was '77. That guy when he came down and cross-checked me. You know, you know, yeah. He's got stories after stories. That's know? funny. You know, being a dad now and everything, and having your kids and all that, um, you want to provide what's the best you can for them. Yeah, and I think we set all them up do, for the right? future. You know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the kids might be in the military. Maybe they might be a musician. Now, Jason, what's going on now with the, like the future for you with music and everything? Are you teaching? Are you? I know you're recording, but let's talk for a few minutes about the future right now. What do you got going on right now in the future? Actually, we had just come out. Actually, mm -hmm. not too long before this shutdown here in March. Um, just this last year, we had come out with our first CD with a project here in town called the Damone Jackson Outcome. There you go. And uh, that's been a very special project for us. It's the first time, uh, I mean, it's the first actual album okay. I'm actually on that I know <laughs> of, actually. 
Right. Maybe on other ones that are bootleg <laughs> that I don't know of. But right. <laughs> this one we actually made on purpose. Yeah. And uh, what a great group, you know, a great group of guys, uh, all, all Western New York legends, you know, the great George mm-hmm. Paleo on guitar. Oh, yeah. Um, he played with Gamelon and uh, oh, a bunch of Ted Reinhardt and all those guys back in the day here in yeah. Buffalo. And then uh, Jack Kolp, who's a just... Uh, He's a, a Buffalo icon of uh, bass playing, man. Mm-hmm. He's played with everyone that's ever been anybody here. And then, uh, obviously, the, the young buck, who is kind of the one heading up the whole project, is Damone Jackson, right. who is the drummer. And uh, he's played with a bunch of guys. I got to know him when I first mo- moved back here. And um, we connected, and we always stayed friends, and we were always in different groups together, you know, and played with each other a little bit off and on. But uh, when he started this group and asked me to be in it with these guys, man, I... I jumped out of my chair, man. You know, cool. I was like, you got those guys and you want me to play? Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. I hope I get called back. And you, sure enough, the next week came. I think this should be the band. You know, I was <laughs> like, wow, yes, you're right. You know, so uh, that's one of the great projects I got coming up. We got another. We just came out with the uh, the actual digital downloads and everything like that. I think that was in um, last October. All right, where can they find the music, Jason? Yeah. Where can listeners find it? You can find it. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Music. Okay. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on uh, Pandora. You know, also this year, actually, since we've been on the COVID uh, shutdown, I've actually kind of restarted my home studio, and I'm in the process of actually recording my first uh, saxophone solo CD. Cool. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I forgot that I think I was mentioning here was uh, when we went on COVID break, we were going to have a big celebration. It was going to be actually a birthday bash for myself and mm-hmm. the actual album, the real LB, LP mm-hmm. for the Damone Jackson outcome down at the Sportsman's Tavern. That got shut down because of the right yeah it'll be back up so you know we gotta mm-hmm. you know yeah there's a ton of stuff coming out we're going to be recording our second album for that coming up okay. here into the summer so you know i would expect probably probably closer to the new year we'll be coming out i would say probably just after the first of the year we'll come out with new stuff with that right. and uh i would imagine that my stuff here will probably i'm kind of shooting for uh you know mid-fall maybe okay. christmas time i'm thinking i uh, maybe you know what's better than a saxophone album at christmas right <laughs> yeah <laughs> It won't be Christmas music, though. It won't be called Sax you on know, the Beach. Yeah, it won't be <laughs> called those. You know, the, sax of the Saxy Christmas or something. You know, <laughs> Even though I come out with it at a time, it won't be that. But you know. That's funny. All right, Jason, I know you got some instruments going on there, so I'm sitting here. Well, I know. Tell the listeners, how many instruments do you play? Whew, man. Uh, come on. Well, if you kind of categorize it by little sections, you know, because mm-hmm. – I kind of consider playing the saxophone kind of one thing, even right. though, you know, you got the soprano, the tenor, mm-hmm. the alto, the berry. So obviously I play all the woodwinds, which I mm-hmm. consider uh, the saxophones, flute, clarinet. You know, I do all those, you know, bass clarinet, alto clarinet. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, the, my second instrument that I really kind of started to learn that was outside of the reeds and woodwinds was the keyboard. All right. You know, is it good piano. good for writing music and yeah. stuff too? Great for writing music. Uh-huh. I didn't know how to. I hated learning how to play it in the beginning. Okay. And uh, I know how to play it now. I'm mm-hmm. not definitely not always doing the most proper fingerings, but I get the job done. <laughs> and so, you play guitar. Yeah. You play guitar and too. I saw you I playing. I got into playing guitar. Yeah, yes. man. I, I got in obviously after going to Chicago and being yeah. around a bunch of blues guys. <laughs> you know, obviously, eventually being a sax guy, I was like, well. 
all the guitar players were like, I want to learn how to play like you. And being a sax guy, I was like, I want to learn how to play like you, you know? So yeah, it's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I ended up picking up the guitar and I'll never mm -hmm. forget the first time I played guitar and was like, chang, lang, lang, it sounded like crap. And, you know, <laughs> now you're sounding pretty good. Like, I've, seen, I, I've seen you. I got to go to the woodshed, you know? Yep. So. <laughs> all right, Jason, <laughs> I love hearing all your stories right now about everything that's going on, everything you've been through. I really appreciate it so much, man. Um, thank you for coming out today for the interview. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Hey, man, do you want to give a shout out to anybody before we stop the interview? Oh, man. Uh, man, just anybody, man. You, you, ever, you ever need people, just always remember, find a friend, man. There's always somebody out there for you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been the Half Project Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McKinnon, and today's guest is Jason Moynihan. Uh, musician extraordinaire from Western New York. Thank you, Jason, so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Catch you later, everybody. Peace out. The Have Project, helping assist veterans every day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations. Thank you to Dr. Wendy Weinstein for her support of the Have Project podcast. Dr. Weinstein has been in private practice for 20 years. She is a board-certified psychiatrist who treats most illnesses, including depression, PTSD, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. She is conveniently located downtown at 631 Delaware Avenue. Her contact number is 716-362-1210. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Find us on Facebook. Please check out our new website at www.thehaveproject.com. Any questions, concerns, or comments can be emailed to haveveteranproject at gmail.com. <laughs>